Hello, I'm Ken Root. Welcome to my new podcast series, People in the Know. It is always uplifting to find someone who has done good works in the face of adversity. Courage comes in many forms. In today's interview, it requires overcoming grief to step into a very uncomfortable role as president of an agricultural technology company. Emily Downs lives in Denver, Colorado. The company she now runs is in Kansas. Since 2019, she has kept Exapta Solutions viable and profitable. She tells her story going back to the loss of her brother who founded the company. People in the Know is sponsored by Concept by Iowa Hearing. I've worn their hearing instruments for almost 20 years. Concept by Iowa Hearing, committed to helping you hear better. Visit iowahearing.com or call 877-955-4020 for a free hearing screening. Today's guest and I go back several years. We have never met. We haven't even spoken by phone until this call. She's the president of a company that she surely wishes she still worked for in a lesser capacity. Now, none of this is meant to be offensive to you, Emily Downs, the president of Exapta Solutions, a a company that makes aftermarket add-ons to improve the efficiency of grain planters and drills. But thank you, Emily, for coming on this podcast with me. Well, thank you for having me, Ken. And no, absolutely no offense taken to that wonderful introduction. Well, let me tell you more of this story from the point of view that I have. Um, I served as the moderator or accelerant, as I sometimes call me, of many events across the country. And many years ago, I did several sessions for a convention of farmers who use a process called no-till. They don't plow the ground. At that uh, time, many felt it was going against God to uh, not turn the soil over and not to uh, uh, till it many times before you wound up uh, planting. But at this no-till conference held in Kansas and had several hundred devotees attending, it was quite an event because uh, no-till at the time was called as much religion as science because you had to believe in it. And these people were joyous because they could finally be around others who believed that you could farm with far less erosion and disruption by using the no-till concept of technology that was emerging. And there were also vendors there who produced equipment for those farmers who chose to only pierce the soil with the planter. Now, one young man by the name of Matt Hackney attended the event, and he had started a company called Exapta Solutions. I don't know that I ever spoke to him face-to-face, but he must have heard me or later he contacted me to be the voice of one of his planner videos. I agreed and he sent me the script. It was the most complex recording work I have ever done, and I was not really up to the task alone, so I hired an audio engineer who proofed all my work, and we re-recorded quite a lot of it. I sent it to Matt. He sent some of it back to me to be redone again, and he handed it off to his video production staff, which included Emily. Now, Emily, is any of that right? Yes, that's the, that's exactly how it went. Yeah, Matt wrote the script, and he wanted to 
just very clearly make a DVD that farmers could play that would help them understand the best practices for no-till feeding. So I I think you're exactly right. He wrote the script, and uh, I I was tasked with creating the video, the DVD, putting all the footage together, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how it all came about. Well, let's start by talking about your brother, Matt. I'm yeah. saying in the past tense because he has passed on. He was mm-hmm. passionate about his work at improving the efficiency of planters. From where I saw him, he was a very studious and disciplined person. However, he wasn't one-dimensional, and he loved to rock climb. Tell me what happened to him in doing so. Yeah, so he really, he spent a lot of time rock climbing, traveling across the U.S., doing that, um, and it really became something that he enjoyed as a pastime. Um, So he was climbing in Boulder Canyon in August of 2019. Um, and th- my understanding of the events is that he was, he had completed his climb and was looking around for a way, a, a path down. Um, and he, um, the, the ground sort of gave way beneath him and he, he fell and he, he died. Quite a shock. He was a very, um, very safe climber. But um, when the ground falls away beneath you, there's, you know, I would consider that an act of God. Now, that all flooded back toward you and his family, and uh, you wound up taking over the company after that. Mm-hmm. I really don't know what happened to you to happen to your employees, but. How did you do it? How did you manage to make a transition from MAP to you and keep the company going? That's a good question. And and at times I wonder how I, I made it myself. Um, but I, I, I feel like um, God was certainly a part of that decision. He knew what he was doing. And um, I I knew because Matt and I had had a conversation a few years prior that if anything happened to him, him not having children, not being married, um, that it would be his desire that I continue his work with Exapta. So it was um, drinking from the fire hose, absolutely. Uh, working very hard just to you know, read all of his emails from the past year and try to catch up on things. I'd always been involved with the company. In fact, I'd done the logo while I was still in college, going to school for marketing and design. But um, to know it to the degree that he did, certainly, um, I, I'm still not there. So I'm, I'm still a student trying to mm-hmm. learn everything that he's been able to, he had been able to accomplish over the years. How, how about your employees? Did people step up and... Uh and expand their work and take over some of the things that he had done collectively? Yeah, they they really did. Um it was it was a lot of sharing the knowledge and just trying to cover all of the bases. Um and I had the shareholders which are Keith and Ben Thompson and they were very helpful in helping me 
understand what the vision was for the company and that we keep on that path um, since they were instrumental in bringing the Thompson wheel to market uh, through Exapta. So, yeah, it was kind of an all hands on deck, just, um, you know, making sure we continued to make the products that people had been buying from us and um, continuing to offer great customer service. So Now, this went right into the period of COVID. Uh, did, uh, did that cause more disruption, and uh, how did you manage to keep your production going? Yeah, that, I think, was a very interesting period for a lot of business owners. So um, lead times for products became much longer to get things manufactured, and there was a time where people were having a hard time just finding raw materials. Raw material prices were going through the roof for things like steel. Um, so we saw a lot of lead times that lengthened, um, doubled, even tripled. Um, we had bought and moved into a new warehouse right during that time as well. And that helped us be able to store more inventory during those COVID months and kind of keep a, a bigger supply on hand than we normally would have kept in our warehouse. So I think that helped us a great deal, but there were certainly times when we ran out of things and just like everybody else, there were long periods where you had to just wait for product to be available again. Now, are you based in Denver and the company is in Kansas as manufacturing? That's correct, yeah. Um, yeah, so we have our warehouse in McPherson, Kansas. Um, I still live in Denver. That's where I was living when Matt passed away, and um, we put down roots here. So my husband and I um, still enjoy our neighbors and our Denver community, but we're often in Kansas to help out with the business as well. How about the... The company itself, the products you make, I want to give you a few minutes, if you can, from your perspective, to be able to tell me what specifically you make, because it's it's rather technical, and I would uh, like for our listeners to be able to grasp it, and then they can also go to your website. Uh, Exapta is the name of the company. What's your website called? Yeah, yeah it's exapta.com. Oh, E-X-A-P-T-A dot com. That's correct. What do you make? So we make um, the aftermarket parts for planters and drills. So it, it is the wear parts on those specific units. Um, one of the early products that Matt developed was the Valiant Seed Tube Guard, which is the seed guard that um, goes on the planter and um, helps you get your seed to consistent seed depth. Mm -hmm. So that would be one of the products that that we make. Um, we also have a mojo wire stiffener that can be added to the Keatons um, to help you get uh, better firming with your Keatons um, as you're planting. 
Um, one of the products I mentioned earlier is the Thompson wheel. That's our closing wheel that goes on both planters and drills. Um, it was developed by Keith and Ben Thompson, and um, it's it's just a, a great uh, closing wheel with self-limiting depth. So it um, turns the soil over loosely. There's not a lot of compaction as you're closing that seed trench. For those people who are saying, what's the big deal of this? Uh, since I started working with you guys and did that video, and I still have a little cold sweat when you said all several of those words that I didn't <laughs> even know how to understand when we started and, uh, and how involved it was, planting is now considered by many farmers as the most critical single operation they make. And, of course, with no-till planters, it's the only operation into the soil that they make. And to give you an example that some farmers have given me, they say that all the seed should come up at the same time. Within just a few hours, all of those seeds should sprout and come up, even though maybe five days, seven days, ten days. And if they all come up the first day, they will all turn into a grain-bearing plant. But those that come up the second day, only some of them will turn into a grain-bearing plant, and it'll be smaller. And those that emerge the third day won't make anything. They're just a weed. And so it shows you how critical it is for planting to be done right. And I know of people who take their platters out in the spring. I'm sure you know these people. And they go through them, completely through them, every spring, just to make sure they're like a gun that will fire when you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and it's it's fascinating that the the uniformity of the timing of emergence is one of the most critical pieces of planting. Um, there's been tremendous amount of studies done on this that it's not necessarily getting your plants evenly spaced or um, things like that. It's more about that timing of emergence and that you're exactly right. On day three, they're they're coming up as weeds. They're coming up as competition for the rest of the plants. Emily, uh, I pushed you outside your comfort zone, I'm sure, to make you talk about the technical aspect of this. But tell me about the company in this matter, about employees, and, and are you are you the same size as you were when you took it over after your brother's death or have you been able to grow, or what's the feel you have for the company now under the time that you were sort of forced into having to transition it? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken. Let's take a moment to talk with Taylor Parker, president of Concept by Iowa Hearing. Taylor, I've heard there's a link between hearing loss and dementia. Could you tell me more about the correlation? That is a great question, Ken, and it's one that, um, you know, has been out there for quite a few years. Johns Hopkins uh, was the first one that, uh, Dr. Frank Lynn, that kind of made the correlation. We always knew there was something going on with, you know, hearing loss, the brain, and things just weren't, weren't, you know, adding up. And his research now, he's been doing his research for about over 40 years. What he found is that individuals with an untreated hearing loss, even mild, you are two to five times more likely to develop dementia. 
And, you know, most people will say, well, why is that? And it's, it's, you know, when you understand how hearing works, it starts to become simple from the standpoint of just understanding it. So our ears conduct sound. And then the sound then gets carried from the middle ear to the cochlea, where the cochlea, there's 15,000 tiny little hairs in the cochlea that now move back and forth that send the signal up to the brain where the brain processes that information. And when you have a untreated hearing loss, what happens is those hairs in the cochlea will either get broken, um, bent, or just not move like they used to. Well, what happens then is they're not sending a full signal to the brain. You know, you've been in radio for, for many, many years. You'll understand this. So imagine, you know, back in the day we were driving down the road, raining really hard or, you know, some kind of elements or we went underneath the bridge and the radio signal would go out. And you're listening to, you know, Paul Harvey at noon and you are, are not quite getting that whole Paul Harvey. And now you're trying to piece it together. You're sitting there, you're leaning forward. You're really trying to get it all to work out. That is your brain all day with an untreated hearing loss. It's trying to piece it together and it's working harder. Well, what it does is it pulls from two areas. It pulls from cognitive and it pulls from balance and gait to compensate for that, that gap because of an untreated hearing loss. The brain then has to work harder. It shrinks. And now we run into a cognitive issue because we've pulled from the cognitive area to help focus on hearing loss. That's where the, the connection now starts to come in. Thank you, Taylor. Schedule your free hearing screening at Concept by Iowa Hearing. You can reach them at 877-955-4020 or online at iowahearing.com. We now return to my interview with Emily Downs, president of Exapta Solutions, a small agricultural technology company that makes aftermarket additions to grain drills and planters. What's the feel you have for the company now under the time that you were sort of forced into having to transition it? Yeah, that's a great question, Ken. Um, we've grown both in number of employees um, and, and our capabilities, and we've also grown in, in our revenue and our sales every year. So it's, that's been tremendously encouraging to me as I try to steward the company forward. We have a, an R&D team of engineers. We have three um, full-time people heading up engineering and new products for the company. Um, and we've also just grown our sales team by um, two more employees to yeah get us to, I think we're at 14 now. So wow. it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, good for you. Now, along with this, though, and, and I think one of the things that, as in, as endeared you to me is that one of the things you did almost immediately was form a scholarship for your brother, and uh, you have that up and going. In fact, I think you have given it for two years already, haven't you? Yeah, we have, and that's been so exciting. Um, the The rules are pretty straightforward. We're looking for anybody who wants to learn about no-till and contribute what they learn to the rest of the community. So it has been so fun to um, 
We've given out two scholarships so far. Our next uh, recipient is Natalie Sturm, and she's excited to head on up to Canada and and learn some things about no-till cropping systems there. So oh. it's been very fun. Now, past that, I also saw last year that you were doing some uh, shoeboxes, uh, which there's there's a number of, that's catching on across the country in all kinds of ways. But tell me how you got started in your shoebox charity. Yeah, I think I started with that, I don't know, 2018, 2017, somewhere in there. Um, I was attending a church and they were handing out empty shoe boxes and the idea was that you filled it up with toys and and gifts for a child and you brought it back to church and i filled up a shoe box and then i did three more and then i thought gosh this feels wonderful to help someone that i'll probably never meet but they're going to feel so much love because someone on the other side of the world decided to pack some gifts for them and and share those gifts. Um, and it's part of the organization Samaritan's Purse, um, which is it was founded by Franklin Graham, mm-hmm. and they Billy started. Son, yeah. Yes, Billy Graham's son. Yeah. The first shoeboxes they did as an organization were back in 1995, um, giving those shoeboxes to children in war-torn Bosnia. Um, and reading some of the stories of how these gifts were given and how God worked in these gifts. Um, I think one of the first um distributions of shoeboxes. There was one child there with no coat on and um, his lips were turning blue because he was so cold. And he opens up his shoebox and there is a warm coat inside. And I I don't know. I have never packed a warm coat in my shoeboxes. It's not the first thing I go to. It's It's just amazing how the right box gets to the right child and that God is is showing how he can meet our earthly needs as well as our spiritual needs through the special gift of a box. Yeah. Well, do you uh, challenge your employees or friends or people in church to join in with you because you seem to have led a project here the last couple of years or so? Yeah, I think this was year five for me. Um, I I enjoy doing it, so I shop all year round to try to find gifts that we can pack in shoeboxes, and then we come together. Um, my church comes together, and we all gather and pack the boxes together. We pray over them, um, and then they get sent to the packing facility, um, the processing center that. Samaritan's Purse has here. So this year we packed 207 boxes uh, for children. And um, today was is kind of the closing day for the collection of, of boxes around the country. Um, but you can always pack shoe boxes online at Samaritan'sPurse.org. So that's going on all year round as well. But 
Um, well, I take it this is drawn from the story of the Bible of the Samaritan who found the man who had been beaten and thrown into the ditch. And uh, he then took the man to an inn, and not only did he help him, he gave them money to pay for the man's care. And if there was any more money needed, he would come back and see if that had happened, and he would pay more at the time. So he uh, he did a great thing for another human being, and in effect, thousands of years later, we're passing that on again. Yes, that's exactly right. And Samaritan First does a lot of just international relief. They're really an international relief organization. So they've been in Hawaii helping with the fires. Um, they've been in Ukraine recently helping with people who are struggling with the effects of the war. Um, they're, they're all over the place doing good things. Um, and the shoeboxes are often a gateway to enter a community because it, it's for the children of the community. Um, it's, it's simply a gift. So that allows Samaritan's Purse to then set up hospitals, um, help with building repairs and, and things like that that they're doing on the ground, really anywhere where a disaster occurs. Emily Downs, it has been a joy to hear your voice and to feel the uh, determination you have. Uh, you and your brother probably were very different in, in ways, but at the same time, you had the same heart, it appears to me, to be able to go and do great things. And uh, a lot was forced on you in a short period of time. I can clearly see that God's been a centerpiece in your life to help you through it. But you've done very, very well with this. I, I, if you'll take congratulations or thank you, I'd like to give it to you because I know it hasn't been easy since your brother died in 2019. Yeah, well, thank you, Ken. I, um, I feel very encouraged by your vote of confidence. That means a lot to me. It has been a labor of love, absolutely. Um, I'm very passionate about whatever we can do for farmers, um, it, it probably sounds cliche, but they are the reason we're we're doing so well as a as a nation, as a as a people. How we've we've grown in technology and in the arts and everything else. It is because we are no longer subsistence farmers as as a community. We have gone on to be able to specialize in other things because. Farmers grow our food and supply that to us. So I just, I think it's such an amazing thing to be able to help the farm community. Well, you have done that and continue to, and uh, you've uh, reached out to help a lot of people around the world. You've gave us some awareness as well. So again, for your company, your website is exapta.com, E-X-A-P-T-A.com. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. And the charity you're referring to is the Samaritan's Purse, and I'm sure you can find that online as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me, and may you have a good holiday season uh, because you certainly are making it a good season for those people who are receiving the things that they desperately need, and there are people in our country and around our world who are very much in need at this time. 
That is so true, Ken. Yeah. Happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. You as well. Um, yeah, it is a beautiful time to be reminded of all that we have and all that we can continue to give to folks around the world who need our help. Thanks for listening to People in the Know. Emily's favorite charity, Samaritan's Purse, is a registered nonprofit. The website that they have tells their story of 50 years of helping people. It also gives information about making a shoebox gift for a child and how to send it. Have a joyous holiday season. Schedule your free hearing screening by calling Concept by Iowa Hearing, 877-955-4020, or online, iowahearing.com. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear a starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, study 